You're listening to Locked On Cavaliers, your daily look at the Cleveland Cavaliers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Cavaliers podcast for Tuesday, July 3rd. I'm Chris Manning, your host from FearTheSword.com, SB Nation's Cleveland Cavaliers site. On today's show, uh, Jeff Stiegel is my guest. He is from Fear the Sword, Early Bird Rights, Blazers Edge, Peachtree Hoops, a whole bunch of great places online. We're talking about Cavs' options for them to sign in for agency without LeBron. We also talk about Rodney Hood and Larry Nance's contract extensions. Note that this was recorded pre-LeBron's decision, so some of the information is going to be a little bit off, but because of some travel I had, just unavoidable here, And but I still think most of this is really going to hit home, and we'll give you an idea of really what kind of troubles the Cavs are facing now that LeBron is gone. It is not up yet, but there is a piece I will have of Bad for the Sword as well about the two paths the Cavs really have to face going forward and what they really are going to be facing without LeBron James there to really anchor everything that they're doing. Um, if you aren't already, please subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Megaphone, wherever you listen to podcasts, please go there, subscribe, leave a five-star rating interview. That is the best way to support the show, especially moving forward when it's you know not as many LeBron-centric listens. And please go to fearthesword.com as well. We'll have continuing coverage of all the Cavs latest happenings over there and you can everything you need summer league free agency rumors takes podcasts whatever you want you're going to find that at fearthesword.com please find lockdown Cavs on itunes and facebook as well at lockdown Cavs. and if you have mailbag questions please submit those to lockdown at gmail.com i'd like to do another mailbag soon so if you have them please submit those questions but here's today's show with jeff siegel and we'll be back on thursday july 5th we're going to take the holiday off so everyone have a great fourth if you're not in america uh, enjoy the World Cup, and we'll talk to you again on Thursday. Let's flip to the other reality, where LeBron walks, LeBron does he goes to LA goes to Houston whatever the likely scenario seems to be that he would opt out and then walk I think a trade at this point I think maybe would be preferable to the Cavs you could tell me if you disagree on that but I think if they could do that that to me would make some sense if they could flip him but um, they did it with Miami you know and but at least you get something back but to me that seems less likely when you look at the the reality without without LeBron there is still a lot of money on the Cavs books Kevin Love, $24 million next year. George Hill, $19 million. Tristan Thompson, $17 million. J.R. Smith at almost 15 Clarkson, 12.5. Corver, 7.5. You know, then you get into Sexton and Nance and, and all these things and, and whatever Rodney Hood ends up making. But we basically know that the Cavs are not going to want to be a tax team if LeBron leaves. If if he goes, um, that would get them below. They would be they would still be a pretty expensive team, but they would just have a they and they would be wouldn't really have any extra flexibility. But they would not be a tax team. But I I don't know exactly what they do 
if LeBron walks. Now they've they've there's been reporting from ESPN's David Mendeman that they would keep Kevin Love. If you keep Kevin Love, that to me seems that at least for one year to the deadline, you're going to try to be a, a playoff team in the in a, in, a, in the Weir Conference. That to me seems like possible. But when you look at this group and you look at what they have. I find it very hard to see how they could successfully tear it down and get the most out of it. I think you could get something good for Corver. I think a, a contender would want him. I think I think the in the right situation Hill would be valuable. I think Love could be valuable to the right team um and, and depending on the price. But I don't know how many like A+ plus, you're not getting any A+ plus assets for these guys on their roster. I don't think you're getting A level assets. You're probably getting B C level assets back in return for these guys. Is that worth it to to strip it down if that's what you decide to do? Is that like a, a worthwhile endeavor to just get maybe some second round picks or late first round picks or protected first round picks for, for what they have on the roster? I mean if if LeBron leaves, they they're probably they're looking at some sal you know, salary in roughly the one oh six million range. You know, that comes before you know, that comes without Perkins, without O'Carl White, but before Rodney Hood's new contract. You know, so they have some wiggle room there from one oh six plus Rodney Hood, plus the full mid-level at $8.6 million, and the biannual exception to still spend up to the, uh, the the luxury tax line at $123 million, you know, $17 million for Hood and two additional players off of the, the mid-level, you know, the, the mid-level and the biannual. You know, you could, you could put together a decent team, you know, whether there are going to be free agents who want to go there and play with love and Hill and Thompson. And, and these guys is, is questionable at this point, but you could, you, you can see them, you know, being more competitive than their 5.3 million would have been for, you know, the higher level, higher level, you know, mid-level kind of free agents, the guys who are expected to make, you know, seven or $8 million. I think, you know, those, those guys might consider that, you know, especially, you know, you need, you're going to need a wing to replace LeBron. If he, you know, you can, you can probably get somebody, in for for a good price at that uh, at that level, but you know, does that where does that take you in the Eastern Conference? That's going to be you know relatively top heavy with Boston and Philly, you know, and, and maybe Indiana depending on what they do. You know, so are they you know are they even if they get some like really good signings who fit the team, are they topping out as like a three or four seed who gets beat in the second round? Is that worth it to Dan Gilbert? I mean, it's his money, it's his team. Is he going to come on down to, to Kobe Altman's office and be like, just do whatever it takes. If we're a three seed, if we're a five seed, whatever, it's fine. Like we just want to compete over these next couple of years. And then when everybody comes off the books, then you can start a rebuild or, or is he going to say like, yeah, just tear it down, get whatever you can for these guys. We're going to be bad. Keep these, the top 10 protected pick that they owe Atlanta, which would be good for them to, to keep, to hold on to, you know, if, especially if they, uh, if they can stay top ten for the next couple of years, then those that 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 think that uh, that top ten protected pick moves to two second round picks, so they could really hold on to their first round picks for the next few years. That would make sense to me in terms of trying to to tear it down and rebuild from using their own first round picks. They don't have their own seconds for the next two years, but they'll have their own seconds after that. They'll get whatever they can get for you know the the guys at the top of the roster, Love and Hill and Thompson and Smith and probably not for Clarkson just because of, you know, the, the way his contract is structured. Nobody's going to want to take him. But, you know, that, that's what we said about Clarkson when he was in L.A. And, of course, you know, tied, tying him in with Nance, Cleveland paid a first-round pick for that. So, you know, it's not, it's not impossible to, to, to think that, that Clarkson could be moved at that point. Corver should be a positive asset. 
you know, there are, there are, you know, there are individually, there are trades to be made with these guys. It's just about finding all of them all at once. And, and in all in one summer, that might be a little bit more difficult for them. And if they're sort of towing the line between, you know, three of these guys stay and they're semi-competitive and they're, you know, either just on the outside of the playoffs or, or just a little bit below that, that's sort of the worst case scenario for them where they don't make the playoffs, but then still have to give up that pick to Atlanta. That would be obviously the, the worst case scenario because they get neither of the things that they, they want. They don't not a competitor and they, they're not really restarting their rebuild as, as quickly as they could. But, you know, if LeBron leaves, they're going to have a lot of time to, to see how free agency plays out for some of these teams and find, find the deals that make sense for, for some of these guys at the top of their, their cap sheet. I think there's a lot of incentive on their part to, I would just, this is just speculation. I would guess that there's incentive to like get off this money and to get what you can, because as you mentioned, you can keep the Hawks pick. And even if the, the 20 you know, next year's draft, the 2019 draft isn't the best draft, picking in the top 10 is a good thing. Uh, picking in, in the top 10 the next year would be a good thing for them. And even if you have to convey second round picks after that, that's better than losing first round picks. And maybe you could replace your own second round pick that you're going to lose with Corver with with Hill, just like get something for these guys, that to me would make some sense. And maybe you could get a good young player or some salary relief in flipping some of these guys. I think there there's value to that. I think there would be incentive to it. Um, what who are some guys that stand out to you as is fits for a non LeBron team? Like when, when you look at what they would need, they'd obviously need a, a small forward. You could probably just bring back Jeff Green, honestly, and and just be pretty unwatchable. Um, but but what what guys do you stand out as as fits in a non LeBron world? And is there is there on, the, on that same note, is there upside in your mind to act to like poning up for anybody if you could do it? I don't think there is. I think I would be playing very short-term, low-risk, just short, low-guaranteed-money deals What if LeBron walked. That, to me, seems like what they would do, and I think it's the, the prudent path. Yeah, I think it, it depends on what uh, what uh, what their ethos is and what their, their goals are coming into, coming into next year. If they are trying to compete, then there are guys on the market – for in that mid-level exception range, we talked about Joe Harris before. You know, you, you, we talked about David Nwaba before. Guys like maybe even like a Doug McDermott would be a great shooter who could who could command money like that. Devin Harris on a lower contract could come in and just sort of be a be a nice backup point guard level kind of guy. You know, you 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 have guys like that. I mean, maybe you know you could get into you know maybe a Lance Stevenson. If LeBron's not there, then Lance might make a little more sense in terms of being, bringing him into that locker room. You know, you could bring him in for not, you know, he's not going to command maybe a, a quarter of your mid-level exception. So you could use it on multiple guys. You know, I like Glenn Robinson personally, but I know that he, you know, doesn't have the best, you know, reputation throughout the league. You know, I think, you know, a guy like Avery Bradley or Contavious Caldwell-Pope, one of those guys might find themselves out in the cold and the mid-level exception is all they can get. Those guys would be fantastic you know, in terms of, uh, you know, making additions to a team that's trying to compete. If you're not trying to compete, then it gets a little bit weirder in terms of like, if you're not really trying to compete, then you're not, you know, there's no reason to spend big on a, on a mid-level exception free agent. You know, you're probably just finding minimum guys off the scrap heap trying to keep the, uh, the, the payroll as low as possible. You, you trade Kevin Love for a couple of players and a pick or something, and you just use those players as, as, you know, just basically throw bodies on the floor and, and try to get that top 10 pick, you know, to, to not convey to Atlanta. But if you are, you know, if you're if you're trying to compete, you know, a guy like Tyreek Evans could come in and play that small forward position and be a primary ball handler, you know, the fit between he and George Hill 
might you know might work in, in a very low budget way compared to how LeBron and Hill sort of fit together you know in theory as a as a small forward who can really handle the ball and Hill who's more of a secondary guy but can hit shots and play defense you know so there's there are guys out there you know uh, there's you you look down the list and there's a bunch of names who are going to be uh, going to be available for the mid level exception just because cap space is so tight out there this year there's only a handful of teams who have it. And some of those teams aren't even trying to use it on, on free agents. They're going to use it to take bad contracts, which, you know, of course, might be a target for, for, the, the, for the Cavs to trade, you know, trade their bad contracts into. So it, it's, it's, going to be, it's going to be interesting to see what, you know, where they go and whether they want to stay competitive because there's a lot of names, you know, including a lot of the names I just listed. James Ennis from the Pistons I really like. I think he would be interesting. Nemanja Bialica from the, the Minnesota Timberwolves if he's not a restricted free agent there. Then they might uh, they might uh, consider signing him, you know. So there are, there are names out there who who would make them better in the case LeBron left. And if they're trying to compete, if they're not, then it then it does seem like they're probably not going to be very active. And it's more about trading to get back off of some of these contracts and to to just get you know whatever scraps they can for Love, for Thompson, for J.R. Smith, for Kyle Korver, guys like that. We'll wrap it up on this, Jeff. Uh, there's two guys the Cavs could negotiate with this summer. That's Rodney Hood. That's 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 Larry Nance Jr. The Cavs have shown interest in in signing Larry Nance Jr. to something what could be uh it could be a lot of money, but I would guess that he probably would command somewhere a little above ten million. Probably be my guess. Just um, no one really has an idea. But when you look at Nance, is there incentive in your mind to for the Cavs to to try to ink him this summer? Um, he he is only making two point two seven next year. He would be a restricted free agent the summer of 2019-20. Regardless of what happens with LeBron, do you think there, there's incentive to try and get him on time to an extension now as opposed to a year from now? Yeah, I absolutely do. I think it it would be smart to try to pre to, to sign him to that extension, whether LeBron stays or goes, because he's valuable, because at somewhere between eight to twelve million dollars a year, that's a pretty serviceable backup big. You know, especially if you're looking to move Love, you're move, looking to move Thompson. You're looking to play Nance as maybe even like a starter or a high-end backup. He's, you know, that his value is just going to go up from that eight to twelve million unless he just falls off a cliff. But you know, I, th- I think you can, you can, you can say with his with his skill set, what he's shown so far in his career, that he sort of deserves at this point, uh, you know, somewhere between eight to twelve million dollars. And if he, if you give him an outsized role, and he really you know, plays well in that, you're going to love having him on that kind of extension. And he's going to love that because he was a low-end draft pick in the in the first round. And so giving him a ton of money, uh, uh, you know, in an extension negotiation might, you know, might th- he might be like, well, I think I'm better than this, but this is a lot of guaranteed money on the table right now. And he may just take it. So, you know, I would I would say they'll be, you know, pretty aggressive in, in extension negotiations and, and try to try to work out a deal with him. If LeBron stays, then, you know, things get dicey just because of the long-term tax implications of that. You know, an extension doesn't doesn't affect their 2018-19 cap, but going into or, or tax situation, but going into the future, more repeater tax, you know, every dollar is going to count. Every dollar is going to cost Dan Gilbert $5 that they give Nance. So then they might really try to try to be like, hey, we're, we'll give you an extension, but it's going to start at $7.5 million. And maybe there's some bonuses or something in there, but you know, they're going to try to try to keep that a little bit lower rather than just break the bank for somebody, 
of, of Nance's profile. So, you know, I would be aggressive with them, you know, with, with Nance in terms of trying to get him to sign a favorable contract. And then if it doesn't work out, then you can wait for restricted free agency the next year. You know, there's no saying where, you know, whether his value is going to go up or down from that, you know, about roughly $10 million range. So, you know, I think there's, there's incentive on both sides to try to get a deal done because Nance wants to sign a contract to, to you know, sign, get that second contract under under his belt so that he can, you know, start to make some real money in this league. You know, $36, $40 million is nothing to sneeze at if they're willing to put that on the table. You know, but, you know, he, he may he may think to himself, hey, I've, you know, I'm, I'm going to get a bigger role in this team. LeBron's gone. You know, I, I think I, I'm worth... 14, 15 million. I'm a starter level player, and then you might, you know, find a, a bit of a breakdown there. But, you know, I think they'll they'll be aggressive, and and we'll see how how they how they end up uh, doing with him. I would be a little bit surprised if he didn't get an extension this summer. Um, I think he's someone that they like, and I think he actually generally, obviously with his dad and everything, and I think he's generally like good with if he spent if he spent the rest of his career, I think he'd likely be okay with that um in, in theory at least and i think he's he's in he just generally i think likes being where his dad played in likes the area and likes his brothers in high school or might play college in the area as well so i think there's something about him being in ohio that he really likes um real quick on on rodney hood i have no idea what to expect out of his restricted free agency this is a summer where there's not a lot of money he's not a, he didn't exactly play himself into like a mega offer sheet when you think about like a Chandler Parsons type guy a couple seasons ago in a different CBA obviously but playing himself into a decent sized contract um, offer on the on the restricted region market I don't see that in the market for Hood would it shock you if he took his qualifying offer that's like the only thing to me that like I that's the wild card I don't know if there's a team that's going to pony up for him I've looked at the the different cap sheets and and looked at like team needs and I just don't know if there's a team that screams we should sign Rodney Hood. Um, you know, maybe Sacramento or something like talk stuff into it. But maybe I, I, to, part of me wondered if he would just like try to get the, that fully control of his range next summer. I don't know though. But what do you, what do you read on Rodney Hood? What is your what do you think makes sense for him? I think it might make sense for the for him to to sign that. It's about three and a half million dollars for his qualifying offer. I think it would make sense for them to for him to sign that. I'm not entirely sure it makes sense for them to offer that, especially if they feel like LeBron is you know if they feel bad about their chances of keeping LeBron. You know, three point you know three point five million dollars for Hood is you know is I, I guess would be fine because he would have a bigger role if LeBron were to leave. But he's you know I'm not sure that he's He's shown enough to where, you know, you'd feel great about him on a one-year, $3.5 million contract, knowing that he can walk the next year. Of course, if you had him on a longer-term deal at that money, you'd be very happy with that. You know, but I'm not, you know, you, 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 it's hard to look for teams who are, you know, have cap space because I'm not sure Hood commands much more than the mid-level exception. I mean, if he, you know, on the open market, if they were to pull his qualifying offer and he's unrestricted, you know, is he really worth, you know, $8.6 million? Like, I'm not... I'm not sold on him being being even that level of player, you know, maybe a seven, seven and a half million dollar guy. So there's going to be a lot of teams who are out there who have that kind of money. But if he's still restricted, then they're going to be like, well, whatever we offer him, they're going to match because they don't they don't have any tax concerns if LeBron leaves. And if LeBron stays, then, you know, they're going to want to be as good as possible. And Hood is part of that. So, you know, if, if he continues to be restricted, he may get to july 20th 21st and be like hey i'll just take the qualifying offer because there's nothing left out there you know nothing left out there for me the one scenario that i wonder might happen is just if a team like 
LeBron stays or, or what have you. And maybe a team like front loads that contract with like, like a, like it decreases in value and then it goes back to, you know, decreases in value over the course of the deal. So it's like a three-year deal with like a player option. It's very player friendly with de-escalating money where Hood could get back on the market again in like a, in two, three years. I wonder if a team that has cap space that has just is like, screw it. Why not go for it? Let's say the Bulls, let's say the Nets, the Hawks, like just Orlando, I guess, or Sacramento, just some team does something like weird like that to just try and see if they could nab him, if they really think he's worth it. I don't know how much, if he's worth that though. Um, I, I don't think he did anything to prove it at least, you know, with, with what they, what he did in the playoffs, what he didn't do in the playoffs, the one finals game really just being the tease of what Rodney Hood could be when he's on. I don't know if there's actually going to be a real push for him in the market. I would be very surprised if he commanded like a lot of offers or is linked to several teams in a summer where there's not a lot of money and he, and he's just kind of a middling guy. But uh, if you want to follow along with Jeff's work, he's doing a lot of great work at early bird rights. You can read his writing at for the sword, the step back, Peachtree hoops, blazers edge, a whole bunch of other places. You can find him on Twitter at JG Siegel. Jeff, thanks so much. Thanks for having me. Thanks again to Jeff for being, as always, a great guest. Find him again on Twitter at JG Siegel. You can find me on Twitter and Facebook at CWM Rights. You can find the podcast on Twitter and Facebook at Locked on Cavs. And again, submit mailback questions to lockedoncavs at gmail.com. And if you want to support the podcast, the best way to do so is by leaving a five-star rating and review on iTunes, Stitcher, Megaphone, wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks again for listening. I'm Chris Manning, your host of Lockdown Cavaliers and the site manager at SB Nations for the Sword. We'll be back again on Thursday, July 5th with an episode uh, after the holidays. Have a great 4th and cheers, y'all.